Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday, December 26th episode of Poets and Muses, where we chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com, as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at poetsandmuses.com. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. Since December of 2018, we have brought to you over 140 poets from 17 countries on five continents, and we hope to continue to do that with your support. And you can support us by going to poetsandmuses.com forward slash donate and donate via either PayPal or your preferred credit cards. And now let us welcome our poet guest of the week, Carl Scott. Hi, Carl. Hi. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I'm super excited to be here and to chat with you about the poetry. Absolutely. I'm really excited as well. And you brought with you today your poem, I Want to Belong. Before mm-hmm. we get into that, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a, a mixed race. My father is from Bangladesh and my mm-hmm. mom's from Poland. Mm-hmm. And they met in Poland and then I happened. And then my mom took me over here mm-hmm. when I was about, I moved to LA when I was about eight years old. And I've been here pretty much ever since. And I've been writing for pretty much actually that same amount of time. I started writing at a pretty young age. Um, I, you know, and I started writing, it's kind of like when I was learning English, mm. I was actually like started to write like uh, little poems just because it felt, you know, it just felt like a good way to express myself. Mm. And then you know how it is. It's just like the arts are not really valued in... Um, <laughs> They're not really valued in our culture, and so it like took me a really long time to actually like get back into it. Because you know, I don't know, like you kind of fall in love with these things when you're like a kid, and you like do them, and then you you know you you kind of people like your parents, like other adults, teachers, kind of like push you towards like goals and careers that are gonna like you know quote unquote like make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so it's like you know you should be a doctor, or, like a lawyer, or, like you know something that's like more like stable, and like people don't like see poets and artists as like necessarily like a you know like a stable life choice and like I'm definitely like an artist at heart I think when you kind of get down to it and so um Mm. so yeah and so I picked up poetry like pretty recently about like four years ago I Mm. was like just kind of feeling like I was like you know I'm not really like exactly like happy with everything that I'm doing and like what like what do I do that I really like what made me happy as a kid right and so Mm -hmm. I kind of went back and I was like oh yeah I used to write like a lot of poetry and I was like what happened to that and I was like why don't I like try to like you know try to like pick that up again and I started like really studying like the craft of poetry and like Mm -hmm. you know there's a huge difference between like learning it when you're like eight years old versus like when you're like you know in your 30s huge difference so (laughs) um yeah (laughs) um and so I really just kind of really like fall in love with all of that poetry could do it just felt like it really transgresses like a lot of different borders and it's like it doesn't it doesn't really follow rules Mm. I mean it follows rules but it also like has this like kind of like break the rules mentality in it at least Mm -hmm. for me and so yeah it's also like very very vulnerable and tells stories too and I think storytelling is like so um it's so essential 
mm. to um, just as us as like humans um, and our growth. And it's a little bit about me. I guess I should also add, like, you know, I'm 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 anti-capitalist, um, and that's sort of been like anti-authoritarian, and that's sort of been like but like the other like I'm like an artist, and then I also have these like sort of like not like mainstream political views that a lot of people like don't necessarily like agree with or have never like really like heard of or like thought about mm. um i guess that's the other those are like the two parts of me is like artists and then like you know like i guess i don't i you know i don't even know exactly what what to call it but i'm definitely like you know very much like i want to like i don't believe like this you know this world the colonization and the genocide and like capitalism imperialism like all of you know all of these structures that we live under is very yeah like i feel like things really need to like there needs to be like a, a lot of shift mm -hmm. you know, in the future if we want to like you know yeah. um yeah <laughs> if we want to continue to actually like uh live on this planet because <laughs> things are getting pretty dicey <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, there's no clear point of no return. I'm not sure which side of it we're on. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't either. I'm just like I just feel like every day I look out, I'm just like I feel like we're just killing this planet and it's just kinda heartbreaking to see that and mm. you know, that and just like everything that people do to each other. And sometimes I get like really pessimistic about it, but then I'm like I don't know, then I guess that's why I go to poetry is to sort of like find that like I don't know that like the heart that we that I hope we all still have to be mm -hmm. able to like you know like actually like live and cooperate together and like you know I don't just I feel like as a species we could be doing a lot more mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know than what we are now and like people call this like progress and like civilization and all this and I'm just like I think that all the like the the progress that like you know that we we're saying we have now that's like a lot of like bullshit like I think that um, mm -hmm. a lot of like um, folks have like lived in the past before like Europe just decided to like you know take over the whole world you know um, <laughs> yeah there's you know there's a lot of knowledge that was lost and mm -hmm. I don't know yeah so I just feel like ever since the European colonization I feel like things have just been going downhill for for us as a species essentially mm -hmm. what I'm trying to get to here mm -hmm. I feel like just seeing the current geopolitical situation, right, from different places, I feel like it's it's like a human, very human phenomenon that we need to grow our species out of this colonization thing because it's not the current version of it. It's very European dominant. But I, I feel like even at the same time, there is colonization going on that's from different races and different ethnicities um and it's kind of disappointing and i think for me i see that people want to blame the europeans right and i'm just like there is definitely that and there is definitely privilege that's associated with the last is it 500 years because of that european dominant uh, colonization at the same time i i see currently there is colonization going on and also throughout history there is colonization going on in east asia i would say that china have been continues to be a colonizer and it's it's its cultural influence is vast russia has had also i mean they're they are european but they're they span two continents right so um 
India as well has had their parts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at, like, the stuff that's happened between, like, Pakistan and Bangladesh, yeah, all of that. I mean, I guess, yeah, there's definitely been people conquering people, I guess, through, mm-hmm. um, or at least that those are, like, the history that we ended up hearing. But, you know, I still feel like, you know, I don't know, I guess I ha- maybe it's, like, a misguided hope, but I, I really do have hope that people can you know, like, learn to live with each other on this planet without, A, destroying it, and B, like, having to kill each other all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah that I would be I, nice. I don't, you know? <laughs> that yeah, would that, be nice. I, right? That would be nice. Like, that's my hope. Um, and I guess, I don't know, it's, like, it's sort of, like, maybe my faith. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's, like, what I believe in. Because it's, like, if I don't believe in something, it's just going to, like, you know, tear me up on the inside and... Um, yeah, and, you know, and I think I see a lot of that sort of, like, less wanting to kill each other and kill the earth mentality, like, in poetry. Not all poetry, but I think, I don't know, I think, like, in poets in, in general kind of, like, take time to actually, like, appreciate the world around them and not necessarily, like, be, you know, and be vulnerable with one another, too. I think there's a lot to be said about actually, like, being open to, like, our emotions, right? Like, I mean, a lot of, like, yeah, a lot of poetry is very much, like, about emotion, right? And I feel like, if people were more connected with their emotions, maybe there'd be less less death. Mm. Yeah, I, I think definitely that helps because I don't feel like we have been um, this exploration of self, uh, exploration of how we feel and like what that means, where we are at. But then again, we are also people of the our lifetime, so we don't really know in the previous lifetimes, how much exploration of the people's feelings. There are histories written about different things and the philosophies that's been passed down. Uh, And it does feel like currently we are more open to exploring our feelings than anywhere, anytime, any other time. But then again, as you said, you know, histories are not always written by everybody. So we don't know if other I imagine there must have been other cultures that have been explored that we just not, their histories may not be accessible to us. Um, So, yeah. But going back to your poetry, I have some questions about what you said to me previously because it's kind of is related to your poem. So I thought maybe you can read your poem for us and then I can uh, ask you those questions in context. Um, yeah, I'll go ahead and read, um, read my poem. <clears throat> I want to belong. I look at flights to Bangladesh, research best times to visit, before or after the monsoon season. I watch YouTube videos of tigers in the Sundarban forest, compare prices of package tours to key plantations, Dhaka or hotels are cheap. I look at flights to Bangladesh where my father lived, where his family lived, Kulna, where he grew up. Half my genes connected to land I have never seen. Afraid they'll call me American, for America stamps itself on my skin without consent. Will their eyes peruse my sand-hued flesh? Will they wonder where I'm from? I want to belong. I'm afraid the Bengali blood rushing in my veins is not enough. I'll be a stranger where I hope to find connection. I look at flights to Bangladesh, budget, take notes, 
calculate costs, Google Maps, satellite views, ponder my savings, my passport expires. I told myself I'd go before it did. I daydream of meeting my grandmother in a bustling city center plaza. She knows who I am. It's the eyes, she says, just like your father's. She takes me to her home where we pray. She does my hair, presents me with a sari. She doesn't say bastard or half caste or half breed. I look at flights to Bangladesh. I look at flights to my grandmother's cinnamon scented arms. They cost too much. Thank you. Thank God. Chills, chills. I have chills. As I told you when when you know you sent me your packet of poems, I love this poem. Like, and I love most of your poems. I think all of your poems that I've come across. So uh, I just really love how vulnerable you are being with the reader. And I wonder how you felt about it like when you wrote this poem. How did you feel after it's written? I feel like I felt, I, this is kind of how I feel like it's about a lot of these poems. I mean, I like, I'm pretty like vulnerable and like very open and like a lot of my poems. And it's sort of just how, I guess, how I've like healed through or like healed and I guess processed a lot of the things in my life. And so like whenever I like write one of these poems where I actually like am able to like, you know, because I think it's really hard to be like honest with yourself, like first mm -hmm. of all. You know, it can be kind of scary sometimes to be really honest with yourself because I think, like, you know, we kind of hide things from ourselves to, like, you know, especially like painful things, sort of like minimize that the hurt. But I think when we are do are able to like be like be honest, I feel like it feels like really cathartic and mm -hmm. like it feels, you know, it feels it feels good to really like you know get it out. And this particular struggle of like me wanting to go to Bangladesh, like I've never been to Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just something that I've like been wanting to do for like I think like over 10 years now and like you know I'm always mm -hmm. like oh I'm gonna you know yeah just like poem talks about like you know these are all these different things that I've like gone through you know like doing research like all this stuff and it's just like you know it's just been really and then just you know also it's been the research and then the daydreaming mm -hmm. about like what it will be like and like ultimately I think I'm like looking for like a connection to um the family mm -hmm. and I mean, you know, connection to land also, mm. but, you know, I think connection to family too. And like, you know, and I think that's something that's more like, I feel like that's something that I'm going to be disappointed by because, you know, I'm not going to be able to find that. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to find, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I see that in your poem as well. It really comes through this idea of hedging, right? The because you don't want to have too much expectation and then be disappointed. Mm -hmm. uh, and, mm -hmm. and it really shows in the poem when you were talking about how people would perceive you, whether as an American, you know, whether they would accept you. And also, you know, just being a, a multicultural kid, because you're not just bicultural, you weren't born here, right? You have all of these different aspects about you that makes you who you are that sometimes can feel well at least i know i feel this way of never belonging anywhere right so right exactly yeah i think that's a lot of like my a lot of my poetry explores this sort of like yeah this theme of not not belonging and like wanting to belong um and i think 
yeah and I think that's true for a lot of a lot of people and I think just because of you know all the different like geopolitical things that have happened mm-hmm. and how yeah we've just been you know just everyone's a lot of people have you know had to like leave their countries because of you know just like different reasons um mm-hmm. you know a lot of it because of like American imperialism but like yeah and so it's like we're kind of like scattered all over the globe and and yeah and, and then it's like where do you you know like where do you I feel like I know I don't know like I feel like there's definitely for like thousands of years I think people didn't really move around as much because I mean people did you know but like I don't know I just feel like it's um there's just something so you know I don't know yeah it's like I think we all have this like this desire to like you know yeah belong and like be connected to mm-hmm. something whether it's like land or family or culture or something and when you don't have that it's just like yeah it's like a void side mm-hmm. of you I guess yeah yeah at least in my experience, I found that the sense of belonging doesn't necessarily come through bloodlines or even cultural identity. I'm more or less now looking for chosen families, you know. So I wonder if you are in that process as well, or where are you in the process? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, I think chosen family is so, is so, so important. And I feel like that's definitely something I've curved out for myself and building relationships with um, with just the people in my life. And I think that, you know, that does bring me a lot of a feeling of connection and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and love. And I think, you know, that's obviously very important to me, but it's still, I don't know, I guess it, it's always going to be like this sort of like missing, you know, this missing puzzle, I guess, mm-hmm. of myself. You know, and I think that, you know, like that's okay. That is like what it is. Um, I just, you know, I don't think there's like really necessarily um, anything that's going to like replace that. Mm-hmm. Um, like if I didn't have like chosen family, then I would have, you know, like, I don't know if I would have like made it to the, you know, I don't know if I'd be talking to you right now, you know, <laughs> like that's kind of like, you know, the truth. So it's like, yeah, I definitely owe like a lot to like my chosen family, but it still doesn't like make that, like, I guess that void go away of like, not being connected necessarily to, I guess, like, you know, like having like that, like sort of connection to, to like your, your culture, I guess, and like the land and like your ancestors. And, yeah. I don't know. I think it's the still stuff that I'm like trying to like work out really. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't talk to like any of like my actual like blood family mm-hmm. um, on either side. So mm-hmm. it's like, there's always going to, I feel like, be this, like, little, like, a disconnect. But who knows, you know, like, that may shift. And, like, I, you know, I don't really, I don't really know. I don't know how that's going to go, you know, as I, as I move forward with life. And, like, you know, just writing about stuff like this, I think, has definitely been very, um, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, as you said, it, it's cathartic, right? And it's also, it also helps you to find where you are at the moment when you're writing mm-hmm. a piece. Was there any specific incident that brought you to write this piece? This is a poem that I wrote for last uh, last year's uh, April's Poetry Month, and the prompt mm-hmm. was to write about a time that you were stressed out about traveling. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so, like, you know, and it's like prompts will take you sometimes in, like, a completely different direction than, uh-huh. like, you know, and I think that's sort of like the, you know, like this, like the beauty of some prompts is like, you know, like it's going to start up in one way and then it's going to go to another. And so this, yeah, so that's kind of like where I started writing this poem is like, just like, 
thinking about traveling and then like this was this was april of 20 my goodness um i don't even know is this 2020 is everything feels so like because <laughs> of the because of the pandemic i'm like what was this really 2020 was it 2019 <laughs> no but i think it was i think i think i no it must have been 2019 because i don't think i did anything during the april of, anyway um <laughs> but yeah i had been you know before the pandemic i had like been thinking about i was like trying to save up money to like go and like you know, I was like, oh, I have to, like, bring my passport and all of this. And so it was, like, definitely, like, on my mind. Hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know. The pandemic hadn't happened. Like, maybe, you know, things would have, like, gone differently. But, like, you know, um, this, this, you know, that kind of, like, changed, you know, shifted a, shifted a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's definitely something I think about a lot. of just, like, yeah, being able to go visit this country where, like, my, like, my ancestors are from and um you know and i've done a a dna test and it's like my family is like all you know like the side of my family my father's side of the family that it's all pretty much like from that from that area Mm. um so it's like i'm like oh yeah you know i have a lot of like ancestral ties to there Mm. Um, Mm. and so i wonder what it would be like to actually like be there and like you know physically be there like touch the land and the water and yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also feel like, <laughs> you know, as you said, you never know where the prompts take you because my poem is also written to prompt, which is ironic because I didn't realize we our poems had that in common as well. Mm-hmm. You have mentioned when you were telling us a little bit about yourself that your mom brought you here when you were eight, right? Because you mm-hmm. cut out a second. Uh-huh. I imagine you must also have poems about that because that's also a culture that you loved. And I mean, it's both Polish and Bangladeshi um, culture are represented in the U.S. But I don't know how you feel about connecting to the versions that are here. Does it feel at least temporarily home for you? You know, I... I've never really very much connected with the like any sort of like American version of like Polish or mm-hmm. Bengali culture. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I get asked that, asked this, you know, and I'm always like, I just, you know, I guess like there's just not, haven't really, and I guess I haven't really like maybe gone out and like thought necessarily like those communities. It's just like communities that I have been around in LA, primarily mm-hmm. like Latinx and like, Asian, but like it's not well, you know, not like in well, because I know like some Indian folks, but not really a lot of like Bengali folks, mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, that I've come into like contact with. And I guess I've just never really like thought it out very like intentionally, those communities. Um, and like, and I have, and I think I just I feel so like disconnected from my the Bengali side because I've never really like you know, I've, I haven't really been in that culture at all like I've you know I've like read books about it and mm. all that but like I haven't necessarily like you know it's not like I like have a grandmother who's like told me about like the food or something you know and so mm. um and I so I guess like ultimately I just don't really know how to like approach people I'm kind of like an introvert so I think maybe that's like the other part of it it's just like 
you know, like, I don't know. And I just, and there's this feeling of just, I guess, ultimately also just like not like being rejected, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is like a fear, right? And so, um, and I guess that kind of comes from being rejected by, uh, by the Polish side of me because my mother's side, uh, my grandmother was like very, very upset about mm-hmm. my birth and that I, my existence because it just the sort of like white supremacist racism that exists in Poland, I guess, mm-hmm. or um, with my grandmother who was like, you know, you can't have a mixed race child, um, mm-hmm. essentially, especially one with like, you know, with like a brown person. And so anyway, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like I just have this history of just like, yeah, being rejected by the cultures that I'm from. And I guess it's been hard for me to sort of get past that. And I like the communities that I found have mostly revolved around like interest, whether it's like political interest or like poetic interest or mm-hmm. the combination of the two. Mm-hmm. And in those communities, I haven't really found a lot of like, I haven't really found, I don't, yeah, in those communities, I definitely haven't, haven't really ever found, I have, I've talked to like one Bengali person and that's like it. And then like, mm-hmm. and again, yeah, just whenever I do meet someone who's Polish, it happens more often. I'm just always like, just, yeah, again, like I just, I guess, um, I'm trying to get over that, not wanting to connect with my Polish side, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't always want to connect with, with white folks, I guess, because they're trying to like intentionally build community with like people of color. But anyway, it's sort of it's complicated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, I can yeah. imagine. What about, um, I don't know if this is too personal, uh, but connecting with other interracial folks. Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's something that I've like done a little bit more, um, and I've like yeah, and I've encountered. I think I've totally vibe way more with people that are like yeah, have um, either like mixed heritage, mixed heritage, like, uh, biracial or whatnot, um, mm-hmm. because it's like there's this understanding right of like of sort of being in like different worlds or like you know like mm-hmm. feeling like yeah, you have to sort of. Um, you, you know, like, you get questions of, about your, like, how you look, you get exotified. So there's definitely, like, a lot more commonality that I have found with other people who are mixed mm. than I have found with, like, either um, either of the cultures. And I think I've, like, generally sort of, like, in my community, I've definitely been drawn to more people who are, like, more mixed. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I imagine they would share that similar experience of not feeling mm-hmm. like you know, they're fully part of either or, right? Right. Yeah, I actually, I started, like, a mixed club in, uh, when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. There was, like, an Asian club at my school, and, like, I remember I would go, you know, I would go to their meetings, but, like, I don't, you know, it's, like, there's this sort of, like, stereotypical idea of what an Asian person is supposed to look like, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the people that were in the club were, like, either, like, Chinese or Japanese or Korean descended, mm-hmm. um, which is great, um, it's fine, but it's just, like, it wasn't really, like, necessary. Like, I, you know, I would go, and then people, I felt like, would kind of be like, oh, you know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, like, and then I knew a couple other people who were, like, mixed, like, Japanese and white, and, like, Chinese and white, and so we started, we kind of started off, like, our own little, like, club mm. um, where we could be, um, yeah, I just felt, like, you know, less, like judged or whatever. Mm, mm, yeah, that makes sense. So one of the things that I noticed about your poem, and which you talked about a little bit already, 
um, is about your grandmother. Obviously, mm-hmm. and I'm really sorry for what your experience has been or had been with your Polish grandmother. Uh, I was wondering from your poem, though, um, I wasn't sure if you have met or at all your Bangladeshi uh, grandparents or grandmother. So it's interesting that you asked that because this is like, I've been asked this about like some of my poems that talk about my Bengali grandmother, mm-hmm. about whether I've met her. And I, and I haven't, I like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't met her, but I don't know. I feel like in some ways, like, I feel like sometimes I've had like maybe like someone kind of watching over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like sometimes like maybe it's her. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just something that like helps, helps me to like kind of just cope with life. But yeah, it's interesting because I write, well, this isn't the only poem that I've written about my Bengali grandma. And like, yeah, people have like asked me before, like, oh, like, you know, like, cause, like they're so... Yeah, I guess they're so personal, but yeah, no, I've never, it, these are all just sort of like these like conversations like in my head, but like, I don't know, I always, I feel like there's something really powerful about, I guess they're like maternal ancestors. Mm. Yeah, and so it's like, I feel like even like, you know, beyond like, you know, like, yeah, like there's my father, but like even like, you know, beyond like even trying to ever like meet him, I always had this like, I don't know, yeah, this desire to meet my, meet my, like, my grandmother. And then, like, one of the other things that I found out about her was that when there's um, anti-Hindi riots in the area that she was living in, mm-hmm. she actually, like, went out, she had a rickshaw, and she was, like, helping, like, Hindi uh, women and girls, like, off the streets, and, like, and she went, and she, like, hid them at her house. Oh, wow. Yeah, and this is something that my dad talked about in, like, an interview in an interview he gave about how like you know that sort of like sort of like inspired him to um also like want to like you know want to like help people and yeah and it's you know and absolutely you know i think um that's such a like a very you know it's like a very brave thing to do and so um you know i feel like she was she was a very brave person she studied feminism so you know and like mm-hmm. she was very much like a very like um, i feel like socially conscious person um mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, like, I have, like, this desire to, like, also, like, want to help people and be, like, conscious. And, like, it's something I definitely didn't get from my mother because she was not anything like that. Like, she (laughs) was, like, I don't care about anybody else, just about myself. That was kind of her thing. And I feel like, so I'm just, like, where did I get this desire to, like, want to, you know, kind of want to, like, yeah, help people. And I feel like maybe, you know, it's, like, some sort of, like, ancestral DNA thing came from my grandmother. But... Um, yeah, it's just, you know, things I guess I think about and I write about in my poetry. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that about, uh, you know, DNA and inheritance and such, because we don't really know, right, how much of our, I guess, leaning towards philanthropy or, or caring about other people is passed down. Um, and it's interesting in your case, because you've never met her, you know, in in other people's cases, if they have met their grandparents or they've been raised in their company, then it becomes very murky whether it's nature or nurture. Right. So it's it's right interesting. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know, we don't really understand like what exactly. Yeah, what comes through. You know, our DNA and all that. And you know, there's a lot of talk about like you know, like generational trauma and like 
So, like, mm-hmm. those sorts of things are, like, passed down, and it's, like, you know, there's a lot of other things that I think can also be, like, passed down, even if we don't maybe have, like, yeah, direct interaction mm-hmm. with with the people that we share DNA with. Yeah, yeah. And you talked about learning about this through an interview that your dad did. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if you want to tell us more about him or what you know about him. Oh, yeah. So I've never actually, I've never met him either. Because um, mm-hmm. he, um, he was just visiting Poland mm-hmm. um, when he uh, met my mom. So it was sort of like this, like, vacation sort of love affair that happened. And mm-hmm. my mom actually tried to reach out to him and, like, tell him that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I guess just, like, you know, everything that was going on, um, they like I guess her, her letter never got there. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't know. And so, um, but she gave me his business card and I ended up like, just when I was like, I think it was like, yeah, like 16 or something. I like, I looked his name up in like on Google, on like the internet, it was probably like Yahoo or something mm-hmm. like back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, so I looked up his name and the, he's a filmmaker in Bangladesh. And I guess mm-hmm. he's like pretty like well known um in bangladesh so he's got you know so there's like a lot of you know he has like a wikipedia page now he's like he's got more friends on facebook than i do <laughs> and he's won like a whole bunch of awards and so he does like interviews too um mm-hmm. i will look him up from time to time just to kind of see like what he's up to like what he's doing you know and sometimes yeah i'll come up on like an interview that he does and then i just get to like i guess find out a little bit more about uh him and my and my family Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you attempted to get in touch with him? Yeah, I mean, I have. Um, so I did. I did end up emailing him at one point. Like this was like I found out about him when I was in high school, and like, you know, I didn't really like know what to do. But then I was like, when I got like a little bit older, and I think I was like in my like maybe I was like nineteen or twenty, I ended up like being like, okay, I'm just gonna email him and be like, hey, I think I'm your I'm your child, and. We had that conversation, and he was, like, confirmed that, you know, he was, like, in Poland, and that he remembered my mom, and he was, like, whoa, like, my, you know, like, surprised, I guess. I don't, you know, I can't, I guess I can't really speak for his emotions, but, mm-hmm. um, and we, so we emailed each other, like, back and forth for a little bit, and I guess this kind of circles back to the poem, because I was, like, I, I told him I wanted to go visit him, mm-hmm. and I was, like, can I come to, like, Bangladesh, and can I see you, and he was, like, no, I don't want you to come here. Oh, he, and he didn't say, I don't want you to come here. He said, like, no, like, why don't we meet somewhere else? I think he suggested Europe. I think that's what he said. He was like, let's meet somewhere in Europe. And I was like, what? And, um, and I don't know. And I guess I just felt, like, a certain way about that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I don't know, I guess, like, you know, I really wanted him to, yeah, I, wa- I wanted him to want me to come to, like, his land and, like, his family and his culture and all of that. But, you know, there's, like, a million different reasons about, like, why that would have been, like, complicated, which I think now I, like, have more empathy for. But at the time, I think I was just sort of, like, kind of, like, hurt by it. And so I, like, just, I just stopped, I, like, I was like, oh, that's not really, like, you know, I guess I just didn't really see the value of continuing to have a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think about reconnecting with him, but, like, it's, um, it's just, like, it's not, hasn't really been been a priority mm-hmm. um and you know and I you know and I kind of like I call him my internet father <laughs> so I kind of just like having him sort of like you know far away but I can still sort of like find things out about him um mm-hmm. and sort of do it like on my own terms without him 
you know, like he doesn't have like any control. Like I can just be like, you know, I can just kind of find out things about him the way, I, you know, on my own and not, you know, not engage him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I wonder if you got in touch with him now that, you know, 10 years later, how both of you might feel about that relationship. Right. Yeah. But obviously you have to feel comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, I know it's definitely something that's like been going through through my head because I think you know ultimately like if I was able to finish visit Bangladesh and like you know have like you know know somebody there like it would make me feel like a different way about going to visit you know mm-hmm. um, versus mm-hmm. just like going and being like I don't know anybody here like now I'm just like kind of like a tourist and like you know yeah um, yeah very and, different like, even knowing like. Yeah, it's like, where do, where do I go, you know, and I'd also have to, like, you know, take time to actually, like, learn, you know, like, learn some basics of the language, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other thing is, like, you know, have to be able to at least, you know, like, ask, you know, how to ask basic questions so that, mm-hmm. you know, I, I could communicate at least, like, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, mm. but, yeah, it'd be easier if there was somebody there who would be able to you know, even help me, like, learn the language, you know, um, mm. that would be, yeah, that'd be nice, but, yeah, 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 definitely, the poem I send you definitely does not explore this aspect of the family, although, um, I feel like we do share some, uh, things in common, as I mentioned before, it was also written to prompt, and I think it's something about homeland and I, I I don't know if it's obvious I don't think it is obvious that I am writing about the land where I was born so I'm going to read that now and we can talk about it it's called always a part of me away but not forgotten you course through me years of accumulation like silt deposited by the riches of your flow Yet I feel the erosion of pollutants that your relays with precious metal riddled banks have brought, panning for value that you thought were embedded in others' possession instead of within. Your ravenous pursuit wrenches from their body, claiming ownership and taps into poisoned wells of acrimony whose tainted waters now seep into my marrow as your presence menace over my pores. Yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, when I first read this poem, before you told me that it was like, you know, you were talking about your homeland, that's not, I guess that's not exactly where my mind went. It's interesting because I feel like it's kind of like, it almost feels like the both of our poems are sort of a juxtaposition almost of their just different, like, because um, I, you know, it's like, I feel like for my poem, there's like this longing for a homeland. And then in this poem, near poem, it's sort of like, for me, it felt like it was kind of like a pushing away from it. <laughs> right. I mean, I, sorry, I don't know if that's kind of like what I, like now that you've told me that that's kind of the feeling that I'm getting from it. But the line that really sh- struck me was in the second stanza, the, the, when you were talking about the value, panning for value that you thought were embedded in others' possession instead of within. 
-hmm. like those lines really stuck with me and I feel like those are very much like kind of like universal I guess like you know they or they could mean they could be you know they could be related by people could relate to it from like you know like from a bunch of different perspectives Mm -hmm. and identities Mm -hmm. um and I yeah 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 definitely so what kind of prompted you to write this poem? I know you mentioned it was about homeland, but like what, like what, yeah, what prompted you to write this? Yeah, it was, it was uh, at a writing workshop that I attend sometimes. And, and I think the prompt was about what does homeland mean to you? I think that was a prompt. You know, how this whole year has been just clumped into one um, amorphous thing. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit hard for me to yeah dis- disengage one thing memory from another um but mm-hmm. it was definitely done in a <clears throat> at a workshop and it was about homeland and i you know what it means and it, it was done in a bipoc workshop especially mm-hmm. and so usually you know the poems that come out tends to be a, a sense of reclaiming reclamation Mm -hmm. sort of of Mm -hmm. and pride and Mm -hmm. like it's not that i don't feel prideful for my heritage um Mm -hmm. i do at the same time well i have i have two feelings about it right one is that yeah there is a lot of culture in my heritage and in my background at the same time i'm like i wasn't part of making that you know so I don't feel like it's my right to claim that just because I'm of that ethnicity. To me, it always feels kind of ridiculous when people are being very nationalistic or, you know, um, or, or nativistic, or, you, you know what I'm saying. So because I'm like, yeah, I mean, you come from a great culture, but what have you done to contribute to that, right? Like... I'm just related by blood. It doesn't mean necessarily anything. At the same time, I do feel like, because I've written poetry since I was a kid, while I was living in that culture, that it does form, obviously, part of who I am. Also, I I have problems with its politics. Uh, A lot of issues with its current politics and also the politics that made us move. So that part of me, I reject that. Uh, And to me, there is a difference between the people and the politics, especially certain countries where there isn't as much autonomy in terms of choosing who leads the country. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess like this is kind of how I feel, I guess, about Poland Mm -hmm. in many ways. Yeah, exactly what you were like pretty much saying. Like, I kind of like felt that about you know and it's it's interesting because then i just like i feel like the opposite about being bengali so that's like i don't know that's like a it's like an interesting like contradiction right almost mm-hmm. as you were saying that you know i was always um i was really fascinated by how you use language imagine like i'm like you know just like the other poems that i've like read by you like the words that you use are always very like you know very like specific mm-hmm. um and really rich and like not yeah, maybe not words I would, like, you know, necessarily, like, use in, like, you know, maybe, like, an everyday conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And, you know, that's something that I feel like I kind of struggle in my poetry is like having like a maybe like a bigger vocabulary. So I always like really, you know, um, admire just like, yeah, you're used to just like words and not only like using words that are like, yeah, that are just very, you know, are very like specific and like, but they're also very like imagistic and word but like yeah they conjure like imagery in your in your mind and they're just like you know used differently and I feel like that yeah like that whole second stanza is really is, I really enjoy that and so I guess but I had a, I had a question was just, when you were writing this poem did you um is this how like it came out like in the first draft or do you like do you like go back and like revise it with like the words that you want to like use I, I don't know if that makes sense uh yeah yeah it does make sense okay and thank you I appreciate it I I did revise it on the same day and I was explaining this to someone else that I used to not never really edit is like oh my poem I spit it out it's it that's it (laughs) never look at it again but now over time like as I learn more about writing and I guess also being more confident in my own writing abilities as well I do feel like I can go back and I can make something that even if I love it at the moment to make it better, to choose different words, I have a tendency of not wanting to repeat words, okay. especially keywords I use that stand out. I kind of hate it when if I repeat the same thing, even across poems. Okay. Sometimes I'm like, oh, damn it, I'm using that word again. <laughs> like, so I try to change it up, I guess because... My my mom has always been a nagger, so I guess uh, I was thinking about this um, recently that I was wondering why I don't like repeating words, and I thought maybe this might be why, because she always nagged me, and she kept saying the same things over and over and over again, and so I have I have a antagonism toward that. So I tend to try to use different words. But when I write, it usually just flow out how it flows out, right? Um, the overall architecture is there. I would go back in and swap out certain words, but not all of them. So, you, yeah, you don't like using the same words. I do that in my, my prose writing. I hate, like, repeating words in prose writing. And, like, mm-hmm. like, when I'm writing, like, even, like, an email, like, I'll go out of my way to make sure that I'm not, like, using the same words even like it's just like an email I, I don't know I'm like I get like that but with like poetry I guess for me I'm, always, I'm like into repetition in poetry mm-hmm. um you know not like sort of like random repetition but I guess like intentional repetition in certain words I also like definitely like you know I think it, it, it's definitely a challenge to like be like I'm not gonna like use the same words in a poem so I was gonna ask you do you like use a thesaurus or do you just come up with like other words in your head oh my god I wish I could I wish I could but no yeah I heavily rely on the thesaurus okay (laughs) okay gotcha I'm like especially when I don't get enough sleep then I'm like I can't even think of basic words and I'm like oh please thesaurus (laughs) help me it's like calling on a genie basically (laughs) yeah yeah but I mean, um, speaking of repetition, anaphora, yeah, is a form that I use uh, sometimes del- deliberately where I am repeating words. And like as a poetic device, yeah, I do use that. Um, uh-huh. But in terms of just because my poems tend to be more 
stream of consciousness. Actually, yours as well, I find. Um, uh-huh. Then I would go in there. I'm like, I just used that word. <laughs> so uh-huh. Then I'd change it up. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm, like, endlessly fascinated with, like, people's writing processes. Because, like, I don't know, I feel like writing can be sort of, like, this private, like, individual thing, right? And, like, I'm always like, how do other people, like, write poetry, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always really interested in that that process. But, yeah, you said you, like, most of your stuff is, like, stream of consciousness. You just kind of, like, sit down and these, like, words just come out and then you just have the poem. Yeah, I mean, if I get a prompt, or if I usually, if I'm not writing to prompt, then it's some line pop out out of my head. And I'm like, ooh, that's something I can write about. And then I just go on from there and see where I end up. That's my the majority of my process. And then I go back, either edit immediately, or I wait a few days and go back. Or sometimes it will take a few years, and, and I'm like... Uh, or, you know, sometimes, I don't know if you have that as well, like, something you love at the moment, and then years later, you go back to it, and you're like, why do I love this? I don't understand. I This is crap. <laughs> you know, like, I need to fix this. <laughs> so, I don't I don't know if you've had that experience as well. You know, it's funny, because I feel like I've had, like, the opposite experience, where I'm, like, in the moment, I'm like, oh, this is crap, and I, like, put it away, and then I come back to it later, and I'm like, whoa, I wrote this? <laughs> and I hope like I can't you know I'm just like wow I don't give myself enough credit but like I don't know when I like especially like as I'm like writing something if I like try to like read it over as I'm writing it like I'll be like oh this is terrible and so like when I write I have to like I just have to like I'll just write and then I have to like put it away and not look at it for a while mm-hmm. or else I'll just like hate it I mean mm-hmm. I you know that's not and that's not always true because, like, for, like, you know, the poetry month, you gotta, if you want to write a poem every day, you have to actually, like, go back and, like, sort of, um, you know, edit it that same day. But, like, yeah, it's still, like, I'm always, like, cringing because, like, I I don't like this. Like, I don't think I, like, with a poem that I, uh, I read, I, I want to belong. I didn't, yeah, I don't know if I really uh, necessarily, like, liked it when I first wrote it. And then I, afterwards, I was like, oh. Like, I like this poem. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoy uh, the poems by you that I've read. And I'm... Thank you. Like, I, I just, I, I do find that you are an incredible wordsmith. So I don't I don't know why you feel <laughs> like you need to... I mean, it's always nice to expand your vocabulary, right? That's That's just... Mm-hmm. knowledge acquisition basically and I think it will come with time and I think you probably read a lot because you write a, a, a variety on a variety of subjects as well mm-hmm. yeah I do I mean reading reading is definitely like one of my top favorite activities um <laughs> is like a really it's a great way to sort of get out of your own head into somebody else's head I guess mm-hmm. um so I always appreciate that. I noticed that you didn't use like any punctuation in your um, in this poem. That's kind of true in general, right? I feel like you, or now you know. Now I can't really remember. I've seen like your other poems, but I can't remember if you do use punctuation. So I was just wondering if you wanted to like talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I've uh, abandoned punctuation 
I stopped using them. And I'm like, awesome. Now I don't have to think about which one I should be using. Or I can can just write my run-on sentences as I tend to do when I write poetry. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is so freeing. (laughs) I don't care about punctuation. I, I I do want to obviously break lines or... Uh, sometimes I make a poem visual because I feel like I want them to be on the same line, but I don't want them to be read continuously. Also, some of my poems, they're not necessarily sentency, you know what I'm saying? So it's hard to punctuate those. So I'm like, great, I don't have to think about that anymore. <laughs> right and I feel like that's sort of like the beauty of poetry versus like prose or like other types of writing is because you don't you don't have you, you can't abandon like punctuation I feel like it's harder to do that in other forms of writing oh yeah yeah definitely yeah I still do use punctuation in my prose writing and um mm-hmm. I, I I think poetry really just gives me the freedom to write run-on sentences as I want to do. (laughs) So, you know, I'm just like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, I do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of run-on sentences too. When I was, my copy editor would like return my my manuscript, there was just a lot of like, oh, you should put a period there or you need a comma, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of periods actually. (laughs) I just like, I think, I like, I just like to use, yeah, I like, I don't even know they're like, I guess, yeah, the run on sentences, I would just like use the comma, and then I would just keep going, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I guess it's, um, I've abandoned, like, capital letters for the most part, I think mm-hmm. I actually had capital letters in the poem that I sent you, but I think I, I ended up taking them out in the final version for my manuscript, but, mm-hmm. yeah, but I feel like it's hard to... You know, it's like you gotta kind of like use one or the other, though. I feel like I feel like if you didn't use because like capital letters kind of help mm. in the poem to sort of like you know have some sort of like grasp of where like you know some like the, and I guess yeah, line breaks and like the stanza breaks too uh, help to sort of like maintain like the flow. But um, yeah, so what's <laughs> um, so the so capitalization, I guess. But yeah, but it's like interesting how you can play around with all of that in poetry, and like it's great because I feel like when I was like, you know, when I'm like was like in uh, elementary school or whatever, it's like you know, and like you have to take like grammar lessons or whatever, and like mm-hmm. you know, you just be like, oh, you gotta capitalize this, or you gotta like, you know, this is a run on sentence, and like you know, and you'd be like, uh, why, you know, and it's like <laughs> poetry, you're like, well, you know, like screw all those rules, like. <laughs> you know, you can make it what you want it to be. You can just make a bunch of run-on sentences and, like, that, you know, and that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I'm i like, I, I, can't, I can't write a simple sentence. It's not as rhythmic. Mm. <laughs> 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 you know, you you sacrifice something, right, for the for poetry, and, and it's not... Mm-hmm. It's ironic because, you know, when I'm doing editing workshops and in them and I'm, I do criticize certain uh, sentence structures and there is still some kind of internal lies um, structure that I want to keep to. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm like, I wonder if I do that with my own writing. 
<laughs> and and so it's always interesting. But do you feel like I I wonder if you saw because you have mentioned before that you saw some of some of the similar elements in both of our poems in terms of uh, even if they were going in opposite directions, right? Because you you are you want to basically embrace the original Bangladeshi Bengali culture, but there are these uh, you know hurdles that stand in the way. I feel like there are hurdles for me as well. I mean, the hurdles are not as tangible as like the econ- economics that you mentioned, right? But I feel like in your poem is both the you can both the intangible and the tangible. So I don't know if you saw that. I guess characters shared in common in our poems. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like. I mean, you can say no. I didn't, it's okay. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think immediately. Like my first sort of like my immediate reaction was like, yeah, I think I was a little like, I was I was actually want to you know I actually wanted to ask you was like why you decided to like choose this particular poem um, as a response to my poem because I don't think I immediately saw the connection and I think now that we've talked a little bit more about it I could like I was like I'm like oh I gotta go look at it now but like. Um, you know, then I have to like look at it and like, uh, and I don't, you know, so I think like my immediate answer is no, I didn't see, I guess I didn't necessarily see those connections. Um, but that doesn't mean they're not, you know, I, I don't think it doesn't mean they're not there. <laughs> I just think that it's not necessarily where my head went. Yeah, I, I understand because this is a very, like, some, po- some of my poems are very obscure, like, in mm-hmm. terms of exactly what the heck I'm talking about I, I I mean I deliberately make things vague sometimes and this mm-hmm. is one of those poems that mm-hmm. has the layers of the I mean I wonder now like what did you think when you first read the poem what did you think was a, what it was about I mean you know it's really hard I think for me to be like this is what a poem is about um, because I feel like a lot of times poems aren't necessarily like about things as much as they are like, you know, like feelings and like emotions mm-hmm. and like, they're like living, breathing things almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and you know, and I think some poems it's like a little bit, it is like a little bit easier to be like, this is like what this poem is like about. Mm-hmm. But with uh, this particular piece that you wrote, I feel like there's just this, is sort of what is this word that I'm going to use to this, this emotional word that I'm going to describe it because I definitely like I felt something when I read this poem and I guess it was sort of maybe like a sadness mm. or yeah yeah like a sadness or like this journey of like wanting to like so yeah I really like I think the line that like really pulled me in and that I started to sort of like my meaning around was the one that I mentioned that I like, which is the second stanza, the panning for value mm. that you thought were embedded in others' possession instead of within. And so for me, that was sort of like the speaker of this poem was, was sort of like struggling, right, with finding like self, self-value, self-worth. Um, and then there's these other things that were um, basically like stopping the speaker from being able to like achieve their self-worth or their full capacity or their full capabilities 
and like I just I wasn't sure who the, the you was right in the in the poem, um, mm. but I just felt like the you was sort of this like force that was very much like um, pushing against the speaker of the poem and sort of yeah causing them some sort of pain. Yeah, and the speaker was like battling against that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I there's definitely that. I mean. I, I am in some ways accusing the you of this looking for value in others rather than within, right? And not valuing oneself because I feel like that's why, um, you know, there, there are some people who abuse their own family. Then there are some people who abuse other people or they uh, belittle others. They use the othering, right? And mm-hmm. as an, an Asian American, I feel like I am being identified by face with certain countries, with certain assumptions of those countries and mm-hmm. what they are, which is why I said sort of like, and your presence menace over my pores, because I can't get away from that. You know, my face is a certain way, <laughs> like it looks a certain uh-huh. way. People look right. at it and they're like, oh, you're Asian. And then there are assumptions associated with it. And that happens anywhere I go. Uh-huh. Right. And, and it's very frustrating because when your home country has a reputation for certain things, uh, sometimes uh-huh. people don't separate the people from the policies or the people from the government. As I said, um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on which country one is from, sometimes the people have very little control over what the government does. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's. I feel like that's true for like most most governments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, even in the U.S., right? Uh, we're not a direct democracy. No, so. not even. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. The the policy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. The whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we're not even a we're not a coalition government either. So they're just it's kind of a winners take all kind of uh, government situation, uh-huh. where yeah, I can understand why there's such clashes and why there's such a need to win because we don't feel necessarily represented when we are on the losing side. So yeah, so I was accusing my. I don't want to say home country because I don't feel at home uh, in the country, mm-hmm. in that country. But I am also in between, you know, because I grew up in the states. So I have certain, I acquire certain points of view, certain values, whether or not, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm comfortable with the U.S. politics. And currently, they do uh, color my views. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have I don't feel like I fully belong to either culture, uh, and so mm-hmm. in some ways, it is that same hesitancy that I see in both of our poems. That's sort of yeah. why I chose this poem to send you. Right. Yes. Now, now that we've talked about the see, I was like knew that I was gonna like see the connection once we like talked about it. But yeah, I mean. I totally see that in, like, when I was talking about, like, you know, afraid of that, you know, being called American and, like, you know, yeah, like, being really, like, influenced by this, like, American culture that I'm, like, a part of, um, even though, like, 
it's like a culture that I really, um, you know, don't dislike, I guess, for the most part, because of with like Ruth and like the way America like came to be with the genocide and the enslavement of people, you know, so it's like, so yeah, so it's like, yeah, I feel like um, now I see, I see where, where like that, that, you know, that sort of, that feeling is definitely like in your, your poem as well as mine. Um, especially that part where I was like, oh yeah, like uh, for America stamped itself into my skin without consent. I mm-hmm. feel like that definitely like speaks to the poem. I feel like that is kind of what you're trying to say in, in your poem, right? Is like this. Well, it's, it's more from the other point and like, uh, you know, my, my ethnicity is chosen for me. I don't right. get to choose that part, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then people make assumptions based on their, mm-hmm. how they right. look at me. Oh, right. And mm-hmm. obviously that's their ignorance and that's their chosen, chosen mm-hmm. view of things. It really has nothing to do with me. My problem is when, you know, people are just, again, from that point of ignorance, look at me and say, oh, because you're this, because you look like this, you must agree with certain policies that the country that we assume you're from is, you know, enacting, which Mm -hmm. is not true. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and, and I feel like I'm forced to be again through the ignorance of others I am forced to be certain things and belonging to an ethnicity that's associated with certain uh, wrongdoings is very mm-hmm. painful in that regard so yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's similar um, I don't really mm-hmm. talk about the American side so much here in this poem mm-hmm. um, right yeah yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I get, I got that. I know that it's not, it's not exactly like the same, but I see the, I see the parallels between like, yeah, not wanting to be, I guess, like seen. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's complex. But yeah, you're also talking about like your ethnicity and how people, other people view you, which is different than what, than my experience. But mm. I definitely feel like that there's more more parallels, and I, you know, and I always really appreciate poems that you can like dive deeper into in that way mm. um, yeah because like I feel like then it opens it up for you to be able to like have this discussion right and then like people can kind of get different things from from the poem that you like weren't necessarily expecting which you know and I can be sort of like interesting to sort of see how other you know because I've had you know yeah I've, like had other people like interpret my poems like definitely not the way that I like meant for them to write them but you know it's just kind of how people found themselves in my poems and like I'm like no that's you know, like that—that's cool. And like another thing that I really um, that I enjoy enjoy about poetry, and I think that's like one of the things you said that, like, you know, this poem you made deliberately vague. And I think, yeah, when you make certain parts like deliberately vague, then it's like, you know, we sort of like try to find our own meaning in it, and we try mm-hmm. to like be ourselves in the poem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, you know, I guess it's kind of how, you know, yeah. I was, I guess, I was trying to like, yeah, see myself in this poem, and I don't think. You know, and I think our experiences are definitely different. You know, like, how people observe me is definitely not, you know, it's like, well, A, because, you know, I'm part white, uh, so I, you know, there's that aspect of, like, where, you know, where it's, like, you look, you know, if you're more white, you definitely have, like, a lot more privilege, and people, like, look at you differently, so I feel like I don't necessarily have 
that same gaze on me like you do. But I still, you know, I still, there's still like parallels to our, um, to our experiences. Yeah, I feel like, like people might look at you and exotify you in some ways because you don't necessarily look a certain part, whatever part they yeah. might assume. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I first met you, I was just like, where is she from? <laughs> I was, you know, yeah, that's- not placeable, really. Um, mm-hmm. So in yeah, that, I mean- you know, it is that exotification. Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, that's kind of, because it's, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, people kind of, like, assume where you're from based on, like, your appearance, and people kind of, like, because they can't make that assumption about me, but, like, mm-hmm. but sometimes, like, yeah, there's just a lot of, like, some, you know, I see people looking at me, and I know they're, like, looking at me, and, like, they're trying to figure out where I'm from, because they're, they're just kind of staring at me, and I'm just, like... <laughs> Well, it is what it is. Like you know, right. Right. <laughs> like you can you can see the hamsters turning, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can I, I can see it in people's eyes. They're like really intently looking at me, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and <laughs> but yeah, but you know, like that's kind of like you know, but it's like a different. And then like you know, with some for some other folks, it's completely different. Like you know, it's like. So people will look at you and like immediately be like, "Oh, like you're Asian or you're black," you know, like immediately label you and then make all these assumptions like based off of that. And that's, you know, and that's a whole other traumatic, you know, very yeah, much yeah. like painful thing to go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I think we can just keep talking about these poems be- because there are so much packed in them, and um, at the yeah. same time. Unfortunately, we do have to end it at some point. Uh, and before I let you go, I would love for you to tell us, A, if you have any open mics that you would recommend, the virtual kind still, uh, and B, how do we follow you? So for open mics, I would encourage people to follow uh, Los Angeles Poet Society on Instagram, and that's the Instagram handle, mm-hmm. um, Los Angeles Poet Society, because uh, we definitely have a lot of just different, like, virtual open mic mm-hmm. um i think we pretty much have an open mic like every week of the month mm-hmm. and i host one of them I, I host the soapbox open mic which is on the second sunday of the month mm-hmm. at p.m pacific standard time so i definitely uh, you know i encourage people to go to that open mic Dryland literary journal just started hosting an, a virtual open mic as well and they're a south central uh based literary journal Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's the first thursday of the month at 7 p.m those are sort of my go-to open mic boards right now um Mm -hmm. virtually and i'm on instagram at caro style but it's um got two o's and two a's k-a-r-o-o underscore s-k-a-a But I'm pretty sure if you just look up my name, like, I think I'll probably pop up anyway. But and I'm sort of on Twitter. It's also just Caro Scott, but it's just, it's just my name with an underscore in between. K-A-R-O underscore S-K-A. Okay. Cool. Well, thank you very much for spending time with me to chat about our respective poems. I really appreciated you, you know, being open uh, to talk about some of the very intimate, intimate details about your life. Thank you.
Oh, yeah, no, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I enjoy talking. I mean, I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but, you know, I'm very open to talking about, yeah, personal experiences, and I love hearing about other people's personal experiences, too. So, yeah, and I also love talking about poetry, so this is really great. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. You can find us at poetsandmuses.com as well as on Instagram and Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at poetsandmuses.com. Now, in addition to the Poets and Muses website and SoundCloud page, you can also listen to the Poets and Muses podcast on your preferred podcast platforms. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a safe and healthy week. And I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.